Welcome in to We Talk Facts with nine-year NBA veteran and Nebraska basketball Hall of Famer Eric Strickland and two-time Nebraska football national champion Lester Johnson. Talking shh and taking names in sports and day-to-day living. Sit back, relax, and join the show with nine-year NBA vet and Nebraska basketball Hall of Famer Eric Strickland and two-time Nebraska football national champion, Clester Johnson. Here we go, here we go, here we go. WTF, we talk facts. It is another Tuesday. I know you missed us. We weren't here last week, but that is A-OK. We had big meetings here. A lot of big things happening on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. But no, we were not going to miss this Tuesday we don't care how cold it is. We don't care where storms are looming. It is me and Cluster Johnson, as well as Harrison on the ones and twos, here for another special night of WTF. What the is going on, Cluster Johnson? Feeling good. Cold. You know, I'm a little chilly, but you know what? That can't keep a good man down. Not I'm, at I'm all. Gonna, I'm going to persevere. You know, I'm going to get out my snowblower. I'm going to put on my, my, my <laughs> snowshoes. And I'm just going to handle business. You know, great ones adjust. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Speaking about great ones adjust, there's a lot of adjustments right now that is happening outside in the SEC with the loss of a great one. A big fish jumped out of the pond just unsuspectingly. And his name is Nick Saban, one of the greatest coaches of all time. One of the greatest. I mean, we've got to throw Tom Osborne in the mix and others. But he's one of the best ones to do it. The, the way that he was bit, was able to make adjustments, um, the the coaching tree, the continued success with all the adjustments and changes that were made in college football. Nick Saban bows out gracefully after having, you know, listen, he saved he saved Osborne. You know, he saved Osborne's legacy because, uh, you know, by by way of just not winning an, another one, another one. Um, he also saved the 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 Georgia Bulldogs from taking three in a row. You know, he ended that. That was that was something special. And he goes out, um, I think in a in a in a in a special way, you know, in, in on his own terms, to say the least. What you say? I say that I agree with everything you said. I had an opportunity to listen to Coach Saban's interview with Reese Davis, and he basically said, and this is what reminded me of Coach Osborne when he said he had a very high standard, and when he could not feel feel like he could reach that standard consistently, mm-hmm. now because of his age of 72, it was time for him to go. So he had a high standard. He was very consistent. Mm, very. And uh, he held everybody accountable. Yeah. So he wanted everybody to be at his level of what he was going to put into it. I mean, this man said he would work to two in the morning and get up at six. Ready to go. All over again mm. and still have the same energy. But he said this last year, he noticed that that age of 72 that it's not it's almost like e remember when you were in college you can drink you can hang out all night 
but now at five oh boy 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 <laughs> the boy, recovery boy. time is just a little yeah, it's a little it takes me a day or two like look yes, I, I haven't i haven't stepped out or been out since new year's passed over because of the fact that yeah body just don't want to act the same i remember used to come into the gym and just be able to jump just jump and do what i wanted and bang and dunk and and it didn't have to stretch and do all of those things, but boy, oh boy, it, it, the time has caught up with me, and it's uh, that time has passed, and I, I can understand where now Nick Saban has gone. Um, obviously, there's a couple other big things, man. You know, listen, something special happened in the college football playoff, even though the game maybe didn't go the way that most people would have expected, class. Um, but you had an original Big Ten member found himself and actually won the college football playoff, and then you had an incoming big. So the Big Ten. Now, now my question to you is: Do you think the Big Ten now has broken through? Because they've been chasing the SEC for all these years. We've been seeing the double up of the SEC in the college football championships and so forth and so on. But now, is it the Big Ten's turn to shine? I believe you're on to something. Mm. Everything is cyclical. There is a time where conferences dominate, dominate for years. And we've seen that out of the SEC. And Michigan reminded me a lot of good old Nebraska in that they would get to the dance, but they couldn't complete it. Mm. They would get to the dance. They'd be knocking on the door like, I'm here. Then they get their butts whipped. Then they finally got those guys in place that said, you know what? That ain't the big bad wolf. They put their pants on just like we do. We can beat them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they had some some games where they said, like last year when they played in that TCU game, that probably sparked them that says, you know what? We're better than this. And next year, if we get our shot, we're going all the way. So I'm going to tell you what, when they lost that game last year, I'm just telling you, they were – their mind was set to win the championship. And I'm telling you, that reminded me of us. Cause when we when we lost to Florida State on that last second field goal, we already knew right away we were we were gonna win next year. Yeah. We knew. Yeah. Yeah. Um listen. But I, but to answer your question, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't answer it all. Okay. Okay. I want to see some consistency. Right, okay? right. There was a breakthrough this year. They won a championship, but the SEC has done it for a long time. Mm. I want to I want to see the Big Ten consistently being in it for the next three to four years is going to tell us everything. All right, there's, there's two things. One, there's been a void that has now been created with the the absence now of the Alabama long longtime legend in Nick Saban. There's a void now that has been created. But one thing I want to touch on real quick, and I want to get you, give you enough time to answer this question, is Nebraska, one, has been – landing everything they've been won. It's like it's like Christmas hit for them in January in such a way that they've hit on everything they've been needing, wanting, and add double to that. But one specific one uh, uh, player that I want to talk about is Flor- the one that's like a cherry on the top, one that was an unexpected, out of nowhere comes an uh, an offensive lineman, which is one of the hardest things to land in the transfer portal. This young man has started 11 games for the Florida Gators. 
you're now going to get a veteran style of running uh, of 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 uh, linemen to enter in. But not only that, Micah Mascua, Mascua, right? Is it how do you pronounce Mascua? Micah Mascua comes to Nebraska. But one thing I see, and one thing that we've missed in the pipeline, is just the nastiness. That young man is coming with nastiness. You saw when it was time to get them things up, he was ready to bang with whoever wanted to smoke. I think that's something that Nebraska has been missing, that they haven't had in a long time, that nastiness. And we talk about being next to someone, bumping and grinding shoulders and rubbing shoulders with someone that has that type of pedigree in him. I think he's going to bring something to the Nebraska line that has been missing, and he's going to inject it into this Nebraska line, that thing that we've been missing, and that's that nastiness. One of the biggest difference you've seen in the SEC compared to what you've seen in the Big Ten, there's only, to me, been two and a half Big Ten teams who can really play in the line of scrimmage on both sides. Mm -hmm. That's Ohio State and Michigan, and maybe Penn State that can compete against the upper-tier level talent in the SEC. You know, when I look at Alabama line, Georgia line, Tennessee line, just like you just said, they are nasty. They're mm -hmm. big. They're nasty. And even on the D-line, I mean, that's where the championships are won. No doubt. No right doubt. There. In the trenches. Because everybody can get skilled players. I mean, there's enough skilled players to go around. But if you got a, a line that can make you two-dimensional on offense and can put pressure on the quarterback without having to blitz, I mean, you're going to have a chance to win every game. Well, that's where Nebraska has always been successful. The fact that they can rush with four and get pressure on you and get sacks. And, and listen, to be real about it, that's how they beat – Washington, because they didn't have to blitz. They were able to sit back, play zone, make tight windows for one of the more accurate passers in, in the game in, in uh, um, you know, uh, Penix. But they were able to get pressure on him with only four throughout we the game. We've never seen him uncomfortable like that. No, year. not at all. Yeah. And so yeah. that was huge. So that was one thing I want to talk about. Now the void has been open. Who's waiting in the wings, class in the SEC – to emerge with this void that has been up. Because here's what's going to happen. You've got one or two things that's going to happen with Nick Saban's departure. It's already begun. There's players that have been whew, jumping in the transfer portal like a portal open in Miami at the, at the mall. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and they've been talking about all this, uh, these things jumping out of the portal. But doggone it, right now there's possibly going to be a treasure trove of players that may be jumping this portal now, knowing that Nick Saban's going, because is it is it imperative for them to find out what coach is going to be there? Or because right now there's no one that you know is going to be there. You don't know who your guy's going to be. Well, what do you think? I'm going to respectfully disagree. Another thing that Nick Saban talked about in his interview is that he's going to have an office in the building where he can still – he said, I'm going to still be yelling. You know, I, there are certain things I'm not going to do, but I'm still going to be around. Yeah. He basically said, I'm still going to be around. Um, what we want to look at, though, is Tommy Reese. He was the OC. 
I don't believe he's, he's only, ready. I'm just saying he's only been there a year, but but we gotta we we I, I'm saying we we have to consider yeah. that that could be a possibility. Yeah. Then obviously you got the D coordinator, you got the OC, you got the DC. The only thing about those guys is tenure. They ain't been mm-hmm. around that long. You got Coach Kevin Steele, mm-hmm. a former a former Nebraska guy who has been everywhere in the SEC. Could he possibly take over? And then we've also heard about them maybe possibly going after Kalen DeBoer. I mm. think that's his name from Washington. Mm. Uh, a guy from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, who obviously can coach very well. But right now, I just think it's too early. Early to say it. Uh, I think it's too early to say, but for me, I'm leaning towards there being somebody on that staff to continue the continuity of of what they already know about the program. Because mm-hmm. that's typically what happens. I'm telling you, that's typically what happens. It's very rare that they're going to bring an outsider in and disrupt the continuity of yeah. everybody that who's already there that's put in their dues. So I'm, I'm willing to think that there's somebody on that staff that may get a shot. Who, who in the SEC is doing like Mr. Burns right now with this vacation? Not vacation where you're going down to Florida to go out and hang out on South Beach. Not vacation where you're a passport bro and you're about to head out to Thailand. Nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah not that type of vacation. I'm talking about uh, a void that has been <laughs> opened up. <laughs> We're talking facts today, baby. A void that has been opened up. And who's sitting like Mr. Burns saying, Excellent. And they're rubbing their hands together because they're putting together the master plan. Who in the SEC is that right now? What team, what program right now is most excited about the opportunity of this void that is being created? Well, you, you, you're you going to have to say Georgia, number one, mm-hmm. because the coach at Georgia is a descendant. He knows that he was there for nine years. And matter of fact, Coach Nick Saban said Kirby Smart was his top assistant of all time. And you can tell by mm-hmm. what he's doing at Georgia. He said he coached at a very high level every second of the day he was there. Very organized. He was an excellent motivator. And obviously he's shown to be a, an excellent recruiter. So I think Georgia – moves to the top of the list. But I'm also going to say Brian Kelly at LSU. He now only has one real juggernaut to deal with, with the exception of the guy at Tennessee who's starting to kind of bring the volunteers up. I think Lane Kiffin would beg to differ. Okay. That was next. That was next. But, but here's the thing about Ole Miss is like, you know, they've been teetering on good, but they haven't, they just been overshadowed. Matter of fact, I, I think that Tennessee had a better team, you know, not this year, but last year, where they actually beat Alabama. You know, Lane Kiffin hasn't been able to have that big Yeah, the big game, win. no doubt. You know, he hasn't been able to beat a Georgia or beat an Alabama where the Tennessee coach actually beat Alabama. And that made them go, oh, okay, you, you got to beat one of those big dogs for people to even consider you being in contention. So, uh, Brian Kelly 
again, had taken Notre Dame to the national championship a few times. And he went to the, he went to the SEC championship in his first year. So you're going to have to consider him. He's going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. So I'm looking at Brian Kelly as the sleeper, but I'm looking at the Georgia coach to ascend to the top. Yeah, um, that's Josh Heupel, oh, yeah, a former, Josh, former Tennessee quarterback. Kirby Smart, I say Kirby Smart is licking his chops. He's going, okay, I've won me two championships. It's now for me to take a Make shot at Make my run. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get that six, and I want my statue out in front of Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, because Nick Saban, he got him a statue out front. Yeah. And I think Kirby Smart is now, since he's won two, almost won three, He's definitely gonna get a he's gonna get a, a a statue out front. Being from Auburn, do you think Auburn is kind of like maybe this is a, our chance to resurge? You know, be that out of Alabama again. Being that they they used to be able to get Alabama now. They used to be able to you know do they do they thing. You know when when Nick Saban first came on the scene, but now you know it's kind of like they they fallen off by the wayside. Do you think they have a, a shot of reemerging? Well, my thing with Auburn is when they play Alabama, a rivalry, anything can happen. Anything. Mm-hmm. I want to see what Auburn's going to do. How are they going to be motivated against those other teams? Mm. You know, when they had Cam Newton, yeah, yeah, they were able to put it together and dominate. That's a fact. The SEC. The only the thing with Auburn, what we haven't seen e over the last ten years is just consistency. Yeah, like they'll have a good year, then it'll be down. Bad. Have a good mm-hmm. year, it'll be down. So yeah, there hasn't been any consistency uh, they, there. They need to string together some consistency. All right, so here we go. We've come to our first break here on WTF We Talk Facts. We're going to talk about the the transfer portal and has the transfer portal made players a little bit soft. We're going to come back and talk about that right here on WTF We Talk Facts right after this. Back to We Talk Facts on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts. Strick and Cluster. Hey, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. This is the second segment of We Talk Facts. East Strick, Cluster Johnson, as well as Harrison Arms. Arms here on the ones and twos on the mic. Can't see him, but he's here in the building. Harrison, how are you tonight, man? Doing great. It's uh, it's cold out there. It's going to be a little more oh, yeah. miserable on the nights heading out here. But, yeah, for anyone driving out there, just be stay safe. warm over the weekend. Yeah, those roads are going to be sure slick. You, make sure you have a full tank of gas, too, just in case. You never know. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't be don't be driving on fumes out there. But, uh, class, man, this is, this is a topic that we wanted to hold on to because you and I are built from the same cloth. And we, we've been hard-nosed and we fought and fought the good fight and— you know, we've had to battle our way, you know, into uh, success and positions, whether it be on the sports field or in business and whatever the fuck, the, 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 the stuff that we've done over the uh, course of our lives. But let me say this. The transfer portal is something that we need to talk about because it seems to me that it's continued to get more and more each year jumping in the transfer port like it starts out maybe a thousand eleven hundred it jumps up sixteen hundred over two thousand and it just seems to continue to be more and more now the question i have for you my friend Sutter Hammond text line as well 402-464-5685 love to know what you think about it as well is the transfer portal making players soft as cotton nail 
Soft as Charmin. You can squeeze it. Because of the fact of adversity that they have to face, don't want the smoke of competition, don't want to get in a fight and battle it out. Now, we see guys like, you know, Carson Beck, who stuck it out there in Georgia, stayed behind all of the guys that came before him, and now it's his turn. Even, listen, I'm impressed even with Arch Manning right now, down in Texas, staying in, has a great valuation on his NIL deal, says I'm deferring and don't want to take it until I, you know, I'm able to, you know, put the work in to get out on the field. But what is the transfer portal doing? And this is not just in football. I'm talking about in, in basketball and all sports. Is it making players soft? You can look at it a couple of different ways because obviously I have experience with two athletes out of my house who have dipped into the portal. Um, you know, there used to be a time, like you said, where it just wasn't so easy to leave because if you left, you had to sit out again. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have the ability to say, you know what? They keep they keep bringing in four and five star guys, and um, you know you could be a four or five star guy, but they're bringing in another one every year. Are you willing to battle it out uh, and and fight to become the man, or are you going to say, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere else and take the path of least resistance? Um, so I just think that each guy has their reasons okay and a lot of times if you just do a little bit investigating you will find out right you'll kind of find out what's going on um one of the things i never thought would happen e is here's where the transfer portal has really changed the game you can get money okay so i'm looking at i'm looking at say the k-state quarterback he goes into the portal you know, he wins, a, he wins a Big 12 championship, has a pretty decent year this year, goes into the portal. Now he's going to Ohio State. Uh, I see all conference guys, all American guys leaving. You saw Jordan Addison there. do it, who left, who won the, uh, was it the Belitnikoff? He won the Belitnikoff mm-hmm. Award, and then he shoots down to, to USC. USC. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I see a lot of guys leaving for money. Is, is the big thing. It's the money. Uh, it's 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 money over loyalty right now is what's mm, going on. Mm. And um, if you have an opportunity to, if you come from nothing and you got an opportunity to, to change your family's life in college because the pros are not guaranteed, I can see that happening. Okay. I can see that happening for a lot of guys. But you do have a few guys out there where, they're stuck. You know, they're stuck behind some studs and they want to play. They probably have been used to being catered to. They used to be in the man and they don't see uh, a path to the top. I mean, if you look at look at Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow was at Ohio State. We might have not even heard of him. He was at Ohio State stuck behind three, four studs. Mm-hmm. And he finally said he, that last year he couldn't break through. He said, you know what, the last couple of years, he's like, I'm, I'm going to go to LSU and look what happened, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, 
I think you're going to have some instances where there's some great reasons why. And at the end of the day, I think like guys want to play like, like, like you want to play. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, I want the smoke. That's me. I'm built. I, I hear you. Yeah. I, I, hear you. I, you know, cause I mean, when I first came to Nebraska, I was behind Pike and you know, other guys, but shoot, I was giving them that work in practice. I want shoot. Let, what's up. You know, that's the way I felt about it. But yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm like that, that, you know, like, even when I got in the NBA, I'm looking at Jason Kidd, and I'm like, shoot, Jason Kidd. So? You know what I mean? What's up? I want the smoke. But here's a here's a but, though. Mm. You did have Andre Woolrich. He left. Ah, yeah. You're right. Even, ba- even back, back when then. you played. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it has always happened, Eric. It has always happened. Yeah, so it's nothing new. It's it's magnified now, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a little easier now. You know, the, the, the biggest thing now is you don't have to sit out. And back then, it was probably a little bit more taboo thinking. It's a taboo thought to be saying, I'm going to leave, you know, because I want to play. Most of them just sat behind, sat behind. Then maybe their last year or two, they got that shine. But now it's like, listen, if I don't play my first year, and there's, I got to keep competing, I may take this path of least resistance over here mm. and make more money. Mm. So it's just situational, man. It's situational. Um, like you said, you you have a more of an old school mentality. But kids I don't think today, my dad would have let me, you know, just, just bail just because, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he would have been okay. I mean, ultimately it would have been my decision, but. You know, he would have sat me down and we would have had a good, good long discussion. But I hear you, though. I, I, I get it. There's definitely two sides to that. Well, coin. let's talk about Keegan Johnson. You know, Keegan Johnson was at Iowa and they had the 131st ranked offense in the country. Yeah, bad right? system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's saying to me, like, listen, I'm never going to reach my potential. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if he has a goal to aspire to higher levels, he may not get that same look there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So again, it's 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 just really situational. Harrison, what's your thoughts, man? Like, how do you view it? Being a younger guy now, you've literally come up in the <laughs> NIL era. I yeah. mean, you didn't really get to see it back in our time when we really had to sit out. If you went in conference, you had to sit out two years. Yeah, you know, you 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 go out of conference, you had to wait a year. So it was kind of crazy back then. Yeah, I think just with anything, I think it's just kind of on the the pendulum. I think right now you're just seeing a plethora of players go ahead and hit the portal. And like Cluster Johnson's saying, it's very situational at times. And you can't blame the players. You know, if coaches can go leave for better opportunities, players get the same thing. But I do think there'll be a natural adjustment. Just looking at the numbers, um, 8,699 NCAA football players hit the portal between August 1st, 2022 in May 1st, 2023, that's a 5.5% increase over the last year. Uh, and that's just going to keep going yeah, up and yeah. up. That's almost double what it was in the initial year. So with that number, a 5.5% increase, it's going to get to a point where you're going to have so many players hitting the portal where I think that pendulum will start swinging back the natural way. But I think it's going to get a little messier before it gets cleaner. No doubt, no doubt. So so check this out. when you When you think about the portal class, and the way that it's been going now, do you see the parity that now has been created by it? Or do you just see basically guys just taking a chance and, and betting on themselves? 
Because what I've seen on the basketball side, it seems to me that it's created a lot of parity out here because we're seeing teams, like if you just go look up and down the standings, it's really not that dominance that you used to see um, as much conference-wide, team-wide, whatever the case may be. Like the top one, two, three, and five teams all in the same week have gone down. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Um, I feel it's a little different in basketball because all it takes is a couple of guys here and there that really change your team in basketball. Football, what I'm seeing right now is the the legendary coaches or the coaches who have had had some real success are the ones that are kind of winning right now. Mm I think you're going to really see things change within the next four to five years as some of these, uh, like, like Nick Saban just dropped off. Um, you know, Kirk Ferentz will be gone here probably pretty soon. Um, you know, a lot of our old school guys are starting to leave. Yeah. Right? Um, then it's going to be about recruiting and consistency and, um, What's your standard? You know, kind of like what I was hearing um, Coach Saban talk about. I think who's going to really have a real huge advantage is, you know, the Dabo Sweeney's, mm-hmm. the Kirby Smarts, guys who have won championships, guys who have done it. They're going. It's going to be a pecking order to things. Um, so I don't know. I think we're going to definitely see more. Like like Harrison said, we're going to see more over these next few years. It's going to it's really hard to predict what's going to happen, but I do feel like it's the wild, wild west right now. Mm-hmm. Things are going to start correcting as guys realize the grass ain't greener and they're going to look back and go, that's the part. That's the part. Yeah. There's going to be some guys being able to tell their story. Like, listen, I left and, and there's going to be a lot of these stories. I left and it, it didn't get better for me. You know, we're not hearing that right now. Here's the last thing, man, because I, I think this is huge because we're talking about transfer portal. And to be honest, University of Nebraska basketball team has been the beneficiary of huge transfer portal gets that has literally changed, you know, elevated the dynamic of what the Nebraska basketball program uh, was and is and is is on the way to be um, the be the 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 shellacking of a num- the number one team in the country in Purdue over the uh, the weekend. They have to do it and show consistency. But what's your initial thoughts on what you saw? Um, Purdue. Well, what Nebraska was able to do to a Purdue team that some haven't been able to do. Like, there's only been a couple of teams that's been able to do what this Nebraska team has been what did to them over this uh, the course of this time. That's scoring, shooting over fifty percent. And, you know, they've scored the most points of any Big Ten team against that team, um, you know, over their tenure. Well, you, the old saying they say is styles make fights. Mm. Styles make fights. And one of the things you pointed out to me is, man, Nebraska almost beat Purdue twice last year. Yeah. So, obviously, Coach – has been able to put together a plan that fits well for Nebraska against Purdue. So that's one thing. 
Uh, they match up very well with Purdue, and they're very confident, obviously, when they pay when they play Purdue. Uh, but to add to what you're saying in regards to the be, them being the beneficiary of the portal, um, it's a lot easier for the mayor to do it on the basketball court than it is. I'm just telling you that it is for Coach Rule. I mean, it's just way more moving parts going mm-hmm. on for football. Whereas basketball, again, if you get – you can get a guy who's just a really great leader, a great energy guy. Uh, you mean you get a couple of those real confident, and it could be infectious. It could mm. be infectious to all the other guys. And I think that's what you're seeing. You're seeing that happen at Nebraska. I yep. mean, this is – we we hadn't seen this level of confidence and play in a Nebraska team for – I don't know, since what, Coach Miles', Miles team? We yeah. probably better way in that group, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I just don't want to speak too soon and jinx them. Like, they're 13-3 and three right now, and I really would like to see them, uh, if they can get past Iowa, and, and because they're, expect, yeah. they're expected to win, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. How are they going to do against these teams that they're not expected to Know, that they're expecting they to win. beat. Mm-hmm. You know, can they can they be the hunter, still be the hunter versus the hunty? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what Nebraska's gonna have to get used to. People coming at them playing at a high level because they got a bullseye on their back. No now. doubt about it. We're gonna take a quick break now. We're gonna do something fresh and new here on WTF We Talk Facts. Those who stuck around, stayed around is gonna be the beneficiary of what we're going to do going forward here on the show. We're going to call it WTF moment of the week. And we may have a special guest. We're going to see if he's able to pop in. It it, it may be some time constraints, but it's a possibility of a great special guest. So if you stick around, stay around, you're going to be the beneficiary of two potential great things as we close out the segment here on WTF right now on 93.7 The Ticket. Back to We Talk Facts on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Strick and Cluster. Wow. We have both surprises here on the final segment here. This is a WTF moment. We're going to share it with you, and then we're going to talk to our special guest. Keegan Johnson is joining us also on WTF, which is we just spoke about him, but here's the WTF moment of the week. What the what the facts is going on right there out in Las Vegas as the WTF moment of the week. Man jump. Hey, listen, we should have signed him up for Nebraska basketball with the hops he had to jump over the whole front aspect of the judges' chair. Look at that clearance. Man, the clearance. <laughs> hey, listen, high jump, I don't care. You track team, sign him up. WTF moment of the week. Clutch, what you think about the moment of the week before we get to Keegan? My man showed a lot of athleticism. <laughs> uh, I, I, and, I, and uh, wow, that, that judge might want to. Check how Rethink, some <laughs> <laughs> Rethink some things. Rethink some things on the decision-making process there. Wow. There it is. Keegan Johnson joining us as well on WTF tonight, man. Clash, you want to introduce the wonderful guest today? 
you know, there's a lot of debate with within the Johnson family who is the best athlete. And uh, if I had to vote, I would say this young man has the potential to uh, uh, far exceed everyone. But, uh, you know, very smart, uh, fast. Uh, and I must say, you know, good-looking kid, very good-looking kid. Uh, <laughs> he didn't. He, he didn't. Did he get that from you, or did he get it from Mama? Uh, he get it from you know, his mama. I mean, be the, you know, be the judge for yourself. <laughs> be the judge. <laughs> Keegan Johnson, what's up, my friend? How are you, my brother? Unk Strick over here talking to you. What's happening? Yo, yo, you guys can hear me? Yeah, we, we hear, hear you. you. What's up, Unk? What's up, Tebow? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Appreciate down the Cape. Appreciate you guys having me on. No doubt, down in K mean, State. Go ahead. Keegan, did you did you call in or are you uh you got your camera? He don't oh, want to be seen. You, you want me to turn? You he want don't want to be camera? seen. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, let, let, people, <laughs> let people see your face, man. I thought we were podcasting. <laughs> Yo, man, we on TV, man. We got this, nine channel nine sixty one. On Allo, yeah. we on TV, we on stream, baby. We want to see your face, my man. I mean, look how good looking that guy is. <laughs> look. <laughs> so what's going on, man, down at K-State? Saw you make some big catches, man, in, in the yeah. biggest games, man. You, how you feeling about everything now as you made the move down there to K-State? I feel good. I mean, like you said, I had some, some good moments this year, but uh, – yeah, it was, I mean, it was a new experience for me. I felt like it was uh, the right move for, you know, the things I want to accomplish in my, my football career. So um, I, I think it's been it's been good so far. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is I'm looking forward to, you know, making more plays in the future. And, you know, I know it's more out there for me. So I got a question for you, Keegan. Tell me how it's been since you've been in college managing football and also being a, a student athlete. Has that been tough or do you feel like, I mean, initially was it tough or how, how you've been able to manage? Cause y'all got a busy schedule. How, how do you do it? Yeah. Um, how do I do it? I think um, <laughs> now that I've been in college for three years, it's pretty, it's pretty natural now with the time management. But when I first got to college, I think one of the nicest things about playing at the level that I play at, they give you so many resources that it's almost hard to like not stay on top of your stuff. You have a, you know, academic advisor, usually have a few student, um, student tutors. And then in our football facility, we have a study hall in our football facility. So I think they put it in your face. It's so, it's so blatant that, you know, you got to handle schoolwork and, and, and football. So I think that was the biggest thing for me is just using the resources that they give you. I mean, they give you so many resources, They're great resources. It's free. It doesn't cost none. So I think that's the biggest thing is just taking advantage of the the resources they give you and looking at guys who have who've been there for a few years already and following their lead. So I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't perfect with it at first though. It took me a little minute to catch on. Like you got to do school too. So yeah. yeah. Well, here here's uh, we got two more questions for you, man, because uh, we want, we would love to get you on earlier because we got a little bit more time. But we got yeah. I got a couple more questions for you. Is Here's the thing. Me and your me and your dad had to hustle and grind 
You know, I was blessed mm-hmm. to be able to play baseball. You you live in an NIL generation where you got a little paperwork in your pocket. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Whereas uh, Pops had to have the parties on the block, the block parties in order to to make it happen back in the day. How do you feel about that, man? Just having not only the resources at school, but now you've got resources that you're able to do a little bit more as well in your pocket. How, how, how does that feel? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, I think it's great because student athletes, you know, generate millions of dollars for, you know, a, a university. And I mm. think it's great that it's a lot of people would argue that most of us are already on scholarships. So, you know, that's a fair conversation. But I think it's, you know, it's the right thing to do to let, um, you know, student athletes benefit off, you know, their playing success. And um, they're still obviously it's so new that there's still, you know, some some rocky parts about it and some, you know, some some undiscovered parts of the whole NIL thing. But I mean, I think it's great. And I think it's great for a lot of people that won't, um, you know, have a good college careers, but won't pursue NFL or don't get that opportunity mm. that will that they have that 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 start into you know their next their next pursuit in life that they kind of you know have a start with something they've earned and they don't just have nothing to show for it other than accolades so I mean I think it's it's positive you know last yeah, yeah. go give give last question and then we'll we'll have to sign off go ahead class yeah. um the big 12 is changing you got you got Texas Oklahoma leaving you're gonna have some Colorado coming in. Uh, what do you what do you think about the Big Twelve uh, Big Twelve next year and uh, and and K State's chances? Yeah, well, I know we go to Colorado next year, so that's one that I've been excited for. Especially, I mean, that's just that's such a cool opportunity. I get to you know be a part of go go to Boulder while you know they're in their Dion era. So I'm excited. I look forward to that. But no, the whole landscape of the Big Twelve and just college football in general is. It's pretty crazy right now, and it's kind of hard to keep up with, you know, these these conferences and, you know, the playoff format and stuff like that. But I think it's exciting, honestly, with the movement. And I think it gives, like, teams like Houston and UCF, like, these good, like, these good group of five teams that are now moving into Power Five. I think it's it gives them a good opportunity to, you know, see more athletes. And mm-hmm. it also gives us an opportunity being in Kansas to travel to places like Houston and, you know, Orlando to play teams like UCF and stuff like that. So, I mean – being a Big 12 athlete at K-State, I'm I'm really excited about some of the teams that I wouldn't have maybe been able to play if they didn't move into the conference. And um, I like us next year. I mean, we got a, a good young quarterback uh, in Avery who's, you know, can run faster than me. I'm willing to admit that. And uh, I think that that adds a whole nother dynamics about to the, to the offense when you have to respect, you know, the quarterback's legs. I think that helps receivers. That helps the running back. It just helps the offense in general. And, um, we had a pretty young defense this year, so we get a good amount of people back on defense. So, I mean, I, I'm excited, you know, to see what we look like next year. We'll have a few new coaches on the offensive side. And, you know, it's just it's going to be a new journey. But, you know, I'm excited to see what see what the future holds. Yeah, we're proud of you, Keeg, man. You keep it up, man. Just keep grinding. There's so Appreciate much it. more in store for you, man. And, and, and so we're going to definitely be – uh, checking you out, man. We thank you for taking your time to pop in to WTF tonight. We'll have to have you back as you continue to grow in your success, man. Continue on the grind that you're on. We love you, man. Appreciate you. Love you, Uncle. All right. Love you. Shout out. Love hey, you. we love I'll you guys. You soon.
We love all you guys that have chimed in, tapped in right here on WTF. We talk fast. Cluster Johnson, East Strick, Austin Arms. We'll see you next week right here on WTF. WTF.